Hi, and welcome to the Jimboomba Baptist Church Sermon of the Week. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged by this message. A lot of differences among the generations, aren't there? Uh, who, who can acknowledge that there are differences among the generations? Come on. Yep, differences. All right. Uh, I'm going to show you a bit of my background in a second. But uh, let's have this next uh, graphic up there, Rach. Um, which generation do you belong to? Uh-oh. <laughs> There's the silent generation, t- 1928 to 45, I won't ask. Uh, any boomers in the room? A- any Gen X? Oh, wow, okay. See, I thought technically, according to this, I'm Gen Y or millennial, but I've always thought of myself as a Gen X and I'm on the border. But after looking at who put their hand up for Gen X, I might just move to the millennials. <laughs> no offense. Many taken, yeah, much taken. Millennials, any millennials? Gen Y? Come on, you young whippersnappers. Gen Z, any Gen Zs? What, really? Are you kidding? Wow, isn't that crazy? And then any alphas? Yeah, whoa, this is scary. So I reckon I am Gen, um, Gen X, right? Michael J. Raised in the 80s. They, we were cool kids, right? Raised in the 80s. Yes, come on. I, I think I need to get in part here. And, um, you know, we just did things differently. We, uh, we just, we're cool. We're cool. We, we wear uh, our Nikes. Someone gave me some Nikes. Uh, I don't buy stuff my own. We're, we're pretty, you know, we're cheapskates. And, and anyone wear, wear Nikes with jeans? Anyone? You're cool. You're, you're an 80s kid, aren't you? Yeah. All right. See, my Nikes. This is, this is us. I feel like a Backstreet Boy right now. <laughs> uh, that's not so cool. But the thing is, you know, we all thought we were cool, didn't we? And you don't grow out of it, and you still think your fashion is cool, don't you? It's like, okay, that was cool way back then. All right, I want everyone to stand up, because we're going to gather ourselves in these groups, okay? Uh Uh-oh, yep. All right, silent generation over here, boomers over here, Gen Xs over here, millennials over here, Gen Z over here, alpha there, so little kids over here, you can stay with all right, and just get closer to the to the seats there. Just go on the out, outsides here. Just kind of gather out so you're in a bit of a U. All right, now, we're going to play a game. Um, well, this is more questions. Okay, so let's see if there are kind of clear um, uh, differences within the generations. All right, I'm going to ask some questions. How do you do it? How do you do it? All right, how do you, and we're going to raise our hands. All right. How do you communicate? How do you communicate? All right, just wait for a second. All right. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Let's, let's see this first one. Who text messages to communicate? Who text messages? Notice. Okay. All right. There's some gaps here, but, but we got... Are you millennials? Millennials. Okay. Yeah, cool. We text message. All right. Next one. Who gives someone a call? Yeah. Millennials don't do that as much. We just, we just text... We don't want to talk to you. We just want to get the information across. It's not, no offense. It's just a generational difference. Well, who does this thing? Who writes letters? 
There we go. All right. You're dating yourself if you write letters, but you probably have very clean handwriting. None of us do because we're not used to writing. It's, all right. How do you learn something? How do you learn something? Okay, first one. Who calls dad? <laughs> Who calls somebody? Okay, no one. Okay, we've moved on. All right. What about this next one? Who Googles it? You're so old school. No one does that anymore. <laughs> Who does this? Who YouTubes it? Videos, yeah. You guys are a bit old school too, because this is the new way of doing it. Who knows what that is? AI, guys. Chat GPT. All right. That's how you learn stuff these days. All right. We've got to move on. How do you get somewhere? How do you get somewhere? All right. I've got a family member that still uses one of these. Does it, who knows what this is to start with? Who knows what this is? Okay. <laughs> who still uses it? You do. Okay. All right. You've got a smartphone that will make it easier for you. All right. Who does this? Who Googles it? Look, Jim Boomer Baptist Church, I think from the Pony Club. It's an easy pathway. It'll take you straight there. But you guys are dating yourself too. You know that? You're dating yourself. That's not how you get somewhere. This third way is how you get somewhere if you're young. Yep. All right. Okay. Now, this one, which generation do you go to? So I want you to point to the generation that you go to for answers when it's a math problem. Which generation do you go to if you've got a math problem? Point. Point. Your parent. None of you have math problems. Okay. You don't do math anymore. All right. We have data... (laughs) What about a history problem? Learning about history. Where do you go? (laughs) What about this next one? A phone problem. Where do you go? You find the shortest person in the room and they will fix your phone problems. This is how it works. As, As multiple generations... Scripture puts forward some tensions that we're to live in. We're not to esteem one generation over the other. However, we are meant to treat each generation differently. Leviticus 19 says this. It says, and this is so foreign to our culture, right? And I'm not saying we necessarily have to do this, but there's a principle here, okay? It says, stand up in the presence of the aged. So if you walk in the room and I stand up, that might not be a compliment. (laughs) No. Stand up in the presence of the age, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. In other words, another way to have respect and reverence for God is to actually respect those older than us. All right? So look at this other one. Proverbs 16.31. Gray hair, anyone with gray hair in the room? No hair counts, all right? Gray hair is a crown. You guys are kings and queens. It's a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness, of righteousness. There's an implication there. I think there's an implication there that if you're not in the way of righteousness, you might not live as long. All right, and uh, look at uh, Ephesians 6. Children, uh uh-oh, 
Ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your mother and your uh, sorry, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment. This is one of the Ten Commandments, with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This is what tends to happen. Okay, fathers, don't exasperate, don't frustrate, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So we've kind of hit a few different generations here. There's another one in Timothy. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But, and here's how to not let people look down on you, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Notice how every generation is meant to respect and honor each other generation no other generation to be raised up uh, in preference to another um there was a survey done that asked the question to a bunch of different generations how do you want to be treated they asked every different generation that existed how do you want to be treated and there are three answers that every generation said about the other generations all right the first was this the first was humility. They want to be treated with humility, right? Approached in humility. Who wants to be approached in humility? I mean, it far beats being approached in pride, doesn't it? <laughs> the second is obvious, respect. Every generation said that they wanted to be approached with respect. Of course, of course. This third one's quite interesting. The third was this, curiosity. Each generation desires that you would be curious about them. Not just one-way street, two-way street. Every generation wanted the other generation to be curious of them, to understand them, to ask about them. Isn't that beautiful? And don't we want to encourage the generations coming up to not lose heart, and to be an example of humility and respect and curiosity. You know, the immaturity might not ask us questions yet, but we can show maturity by asking them questions, showing interest in these generations that will then uh, follow our example as we, we do that, won't we? Won't they? So uh, we're going to sing our worship song together, and um, this is a beautiful song. It's called A Thousand Hallelujahs. I've explained before, but I want to again. Uh, a, this worship team um, were in an, a really old church building, and they just kind of floated the question, I wonder how many hallelujahs have been sung in here? Isn't it amazing to think of how many hallelujahs have been sung to worship God just in this room? in this building, and thinking of all the generations that have gone that they, have, they know nothing about, but singing that word to worship God. And I think it's a beautiful picture because it helped put them in their position of, we're just a blip on the radar. We've, people have always been worshiping God, and we continue to do that, and we want to do that and pass that on to the next generation as well. Isn't that beautiful? 
So let's worship now to this beautiful song that acknowledges that people have been praising and worshiping God for a long time. And that's what we're called to do too. Thank you, Father, that we can be part of um, a, a stream of generations of people that worship you, who see that you are the one true God. And through Jesus, we can know you personally, through what Jesus achieved at the cross and resurrection. We can know you. We can have our sin wiped away, our lives made new. Thank you. And a beautiful relationship with you restored. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't sit down. Stories. Stories. All right. I need uh, four lines, maybe five, and I need one, at least one person of every generation in each line, okay? And we're going to have the uh, more mature generation at this end and the younger generation at that end, okay? So one, two, three, four. Don't be shy. Come out. And we need uh, this generation, one in at least, at least one of each generation in each group. Let's go. Let's go. There needs to be roughly the same amount in each group, Okay. All right, so step step forward about in here where Ian is, yep. All right, come forward, come forward. All right. All right, would you give, would you put a cup down in front of each group just on the floor? Yep, all right. So, okay. Now, everyone listening, this is how the game works. There are small pebbles. There are small pebbles. This is not edible. All right, small pebbles. All right, you can only hold one at a time. Okay? The winning team has the most pebbles at the end in the time that I will give, and you need to pass the pebble through every team member and only be holding one pebble at a time. Got it? Does that make sense? So you you guys are the leaders. You're going to... Pluck a pebble out and then, just wait, wait for it. And then you're going to turn and give that and give that. Here's the thing. If it falls on the ground, it's gone. No, not start again, but that pebble stays on the ground. All right? It doesn't make it up the end. Okay? You got it? You got it, team? You got it? Understand? Nods or something? One pebble, pass, pass, pass. And, it, and, and you're going to put it in the cup at, at the end. Okay? You got it, team two? Okay, uh, team three, you got it? Yeah. Team four, you got it? Yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, where's your younger generations? We, you need someone from every generation in each group. Okay. Does that make sense? This is not generations versus each other. This is generations going down the generations, okay? Does this make sense? So jumble it up a bit. You need someone from every generation in your group. Good, good, good. Okay. One person, at least one from each generation in each group. Oh, okay. They just got bigger. All right. All right. Okay. (laughs) Gen X, Gen Y, boomers. Okay. All right. Ready, steady, go. 
One pebble at a time. Steve's watching to see if you're cheating. One at a time, take one out, pass it along, take one out, pass it along. To the end, into the, into the cup. One at a time. All right, you've got one minute remaining. All right, let's see how people are going. This, this team is very short. I think they're going to win. Oh, look, look at, they've got like a, a good line going on. Hey. Oh, no. All right, 15 seconds left. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. No more in the cups. No more in the cups. That's it. No more in the cups. Okay. You cup people, come back here. Steve, come back and you can be a judge with me. All right. You guys count them. I want you to each to count your rocks, please. Count your pebbles. All right, let's get the count. Let's get the count. All right, team one, how many did you have? 27? 27? Team two? 18, okay. Team one is in the lead. 28. You're kidding. Uh, That seems more than coincidence that there's one up on her daughters. Okay. And 33. All right, put your hands together. Grab a seat, everybody. (laughs) Grab a seat. Yeah. Notice that the team that won, notice that the team that won had the least players. The thing is, in reality... We don't get to choose or skip generations in passing on the stories of what God has done. It requires generations to pass to next generations their knowledge, their wisdom, their stories. You know the, uh, the common uh, understanding is that if there's someone who uh, becomes very wealthy, uh, by the second generation, the, the wealth is kind of still there. By the third generation, it's almost gone, and, it's, and the next one, it's just gone. Uh, because the stories of the effort and hard work and work ethic and all that aren't truly passed on. It's crucial to pass that stuff on. If, you know, if we have stories and things that we've learned in our life through God, and we, we drop that story, so to speak, like dropping that stone, it doesn't get to bear fruit in another generation's life. You, you following me? It's so important that we pass on the stories of what God has done in our lives. Look at Psalm 78. We will not hide them from, our, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power 
and the wonders he has done. When was the last time you told someone younger than you what God has done in your life, what you've seen God do? Psalm 145 says, One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. This is how we know what God has done in the past. This is the Old Testament scriptures, isn't it? Passing on that that knowledge to other generations. And it's far more effective passing it on personally than through a book. Did you know that? Passing on that intimate knowledge of what God has done. I mean, hasn't God done great things in our lives? If you're a Christian, he's done something incredible in your life so that you're following Jesus, hasn't he? I mean, and we don't want to pass on religion, do we? We want to pass on a relationship with Jesus. We don't want to just pass on principles, do we? We want to pass on a person, don't we? We don't want to just pass on the message of the cross. We want to pass on an intimate relationship with the risen Savior, don't we? This is so important. We want like the people, the, the younger ones, to know how good God is and that he's real and alive, regardless of what culture says. Look at the reality in our lives. And parents and those in, in, that, uh, in, you know, in that mix have more influence over kids than you realize. Don't keep to yourself those stories. Don't keep to yourself those testimonies of what God has done in your life, through your life. You, you don't want to, we don't want to simply pass on a Christian worldview to our children. That's important, isn't it? But we don't want to just do that. I mean, when you just do that, you get the structure and the framework without the heart. And when you pass on the framework and the structure without the heart, what happens? The structure and the framework dissolve in the end. And that's what happens in societies. Every society that says, we need to get back to God, we need to get back to God, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a desperate cry, but it's kind of pointless if it doesn't address the heart because people lost the heart many generations ago. So, of course, those structures are going to dissolve. So we've got to pass on the heart. It's, it's not enough to pass on a Christian worldview. We need the next generation to learn how to hear the very voice of God for themselves through Scripture, through their time with Him, through worship, through prayer. This is so important, through being in community. Let's not only share Bible stories. We need to. That's good. That's, you know, foundational, of course. But let's share personal stories of what God has done in our lives. Do you have personal stories of how God has provided for you? Yeah? I mean, you just think off the top of your head, when, wow, when did God provide for me? Oh, there was that time I received, you know, I, ha- I was on Centrelink and I, was, I had no money and I received this envelope in the mail. I hadn't told anyone that I was struggling either and I received this envelope in the mail that said that had $365 in it and it had a note that said one for every day of the year I'll provide for you I hadn't told anyone and and I'm I'm at home group and uh, one of the girls comes up and says look God just put it on my heart to give you my paycheck it's $1,200 here you go didn't tell anybody how many times has God provided for you 
We've got to share those stories. What about when God has healed somebody? Have, you, have anyone seen God heal somebody or heard of his testimony? You've, you, you, or you've received healing yourself? How many times that happened? And, you know, we see the stories in Scripture, but those personal stories can be so powerful. It's not just a once, you know, once then this stuff happened, but it's a now. Hey, that time when I was walking along in a camp and somehow someone just asked me if I had a headache, and I don't normally have headaches, and it was a pounder, it was terrible, and I don't just normally have headaches, but she asked, do you have a headache? I'm like, yeah, how did you know? She prayed, and instantly that headache was gone by the power of God. When, when we've prayed for people with knees that just aren't working, and after prayer, they're working. When I was with my wife in India, we're going to share this with our kids, I'm sure we have, but you know they're not getting it yet, they're a bit young, but uh, when we prayed for all these people that got healed, my wife prayed for a man who was blind and can now see. You think I'm going to share that? The power of God today. The power of God uh, in when we share the message of Jesus and hard hearts that you think would never turn to him, turn to him. And that person that was least likely to become a Christian comes to know Jesus in a powerful, dynamic way. And now they're making him known to so many others. That guy that was addicted to drugs and lived in the house and we just thought there's no hope for this guy. And he went to a Christian rehab and finally his life got turned around by Jesus. You know, the stories, the personal stories now are so important. So, I made a mistake. You were meant to stay in your teams. (laughs) But you'll remember which team you are. Now, if you're in the losing team, don't just migrate to the winning team, okay? I want you to quickly gather in your teams and just one person share a testimony to the group of something recent God has done. All right? Up you get... Don't worry, it's not scary. There are lots of people in the group. Just wait till someone else shares the story. <laughs> Get in a little circle. The one, two, three group, the rock groups, the rock groups, yep. Keep it short, like keep it a minute or, two, you know, a minute testimony, okay? A minute testimony, what God has done. It can be from long ago, that's okay. It doesn't have to be in the last week, but... So awesome. Just wrap those stories up. That's so awesome. All right, just wrap those up. Let's worship God for who He is, for what He's done, the generations we influence that we trust in you, God, and that we, we sought you and you heard us and you answered us. That is our story and that's uh, one reason why we trust you because we've seen you faithful in our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take communion together now. So just wait for that to come around. And one of the stories I'm going to be telling, and maybe I need to tell it more, is that that time when I was sitting in church taking communion, as we always did, and I was just doing business with God, as I always did with communion, just making sure, you know, confessing my sin to Him, 
You can take a seat, that's fine. And, and just asking him to forgive me. And for the first time in my life, hearing the clearer than audible voice of God say to me, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. As we take this, it's a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. His life, death, resurrection, ascension, his everything of Jesus and centered on the cross where he, he died for us. He said it is finished because he finished work on the cross. He defeated the devil. He defeated the power of sin. He became, he took back the authority for mankind over this planet. And God ascended his name to be above every name that can be named. And so we take this for multiple reasons, remembering Jesus' death for us. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like more info, please see our website at jbc.org.au. May you know Jesus' presence with you. Have a great day and God bless.